We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle nil, Chelsea three. Uh, um, Steve Jones, might as well call him Steve Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Jones's black and white army once again capitulated to top of the top of the league, Chelsea. Um, not a huge surprise in the defeat. Pretty depressing in the manner of defeat. I'm joined today by Emil Franchi, Sai Campbell, and Ben Wade to talk through it. All three were at the match yesterday. All three have very glum faces from being at the match yesterday. Um, we'll jump right in. We will talk about the fact that we have now only got one point out of three games since the takeover. Do we think it's time to say that our new owners have got it wrong and they should have appo- sacked Bruce on day one and appointed a successor? Easier said than done, obviously. But Ben, what do you think? I think they shouldn't have bought the club. Just, <laughs> can we, have we still got a 14-day guarantee or something? <laughs> take this back and do it. Uh. Nah, I think... Um, I think that's a it's a bit of a harsh take. I, I, um, I think everything's happened so quickly. I think um, I do think they should. I, I said previously, I think they should have got rid of Bruce on day one. Um, but I can understand why they wanted to kind of come in, take stock of everything, figure out what's going on um, before they they made any decisions. Um, but they they did have to get rid of rid of Bruce sooner on than later. Um, I think the question is pointed to say, well, you've kind of waited two, we've wasted two weeks. Um, but I think the problem is, is if you, I mean, obviously we still haven't got somebody in the job at the stage. Nobody's, it's not as if there's somebody lined up to come straight in and, and start working. And even then, it's going to take them a few weeks to undo all the bad habits that they've learned under Bruce. So, few um, weeks, that's optimistic. Yeah, exactly. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's 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 harsh to say that um, it, they've made a mistake, but personally, I think they, they should have they should have got rid of Bruce. But I I'm not going to come in too hard on them to say they've they've massively made a big big error, and, and that's the reason why we're we're in the position we're in. Yeah, I I agree. I think the, their first mistake was not sacking Bruce sooner. We were in the middle of international break; they could have just put him in the bin, and we might have <laughs> <laughs> we might have might have had had a bit more of a positive day against Spurs, maybe got something out of that game and therefore went into the Palace with a bit more positivity and maybe played a bit better there. I mean, albeit we got a draw, but maybe we've got, we've got a better draw. And then we might have gone into the Chelsea game with a bit more positivity, a bit more confidence. Whereas 
because we let the Spurs game be a write-off because Bruce is still there and it got very negative and that was disappointing. We then went to Palace, which is a really hard game, didn't play very well, scraped the result, and then we've gone into Chelsea with basically no hope of anything other than trying to draw nil-nil, which is what we did, and just getting hammered off the best team in the league at the minute. So the, the Bruce letting him have that thousandth game, and I don't think that's why they did it. I don't think there was sentiment there. I think there was, and I can understand this, uh, a reluctance to just bin him and his coaches and then have nobody at the club. It's it's a, they've, They're in a very damned if you do, damned if you don't situation when they came in at mid um, international break, mid kind of season, mid terrible season. Every decision is going to be scrutinised. Every decision is difficult. It's probably proving much more difficult than we thought to get a willing manager to take over this shit house of a, of a club at the minute like so i don't think they're making mistakes necessarily deliberately i think it's just much much harder than they thought because of where we're at having said that though it's going to be even harder to to bring in to, to attract a really good manager yeah. or even a good manager if we are further and further into the maya it is a bit of a rock and a hard place but mm. i just I don't know. It's 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 really worrying to me personally. Ben, you had your hand up. Just, I was going to say one point. I would have said was as well that if they'd have come in on day one and said, "Right, Steve, you're out the door," like without knowing anything, like who's to say that all the staff didn't go with him? Like the whole coaching, like everybody could have just been right. Well, we're we're like going with him type of thing and, and kind of walked out, and then would literally have. I mean, it probably still would have been better had the players <laughs> just decided whether they want to come to training or not. Um, you do what you want, lads. Like just crossbar challenge or something. Like that might have produced more than than it did. But um, yeah, I, I think it was probably yeah. I, I from I mean we're not business people, so it's probably common that you don't just come in and on day one get rid of everyone. You kind of take stock of what's going on. So yeah, I think kind of give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in terms of why they didn't do it. But um, yeah, in terms of getting a success, I think it's it's. As well, you don't want to rush into getting the wrong person. Like we're in such a weird situation that we do look like we're getting relegated at this point, and the players look like they've got no confidence, don't know how to play football. And so, it, again, it's like what type of manager do you go for? So mm. it's not as simple as just saying get the best manager available. And I said this on one of our Patreon podcasts that I do now believe that we're going to get like an interim manager, and it's not going to be our long term manager. That might be something that we do in the summer. Emil, what do you think? Do you think that they've got it wrong? Do you think that this, like, there should have been significant overhaul earlier on? I mean, I suppose yes, but do you blame them? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I, I think there's a there's a weird divide in the fan base at the moment where we've we've got people who are constantly calling for patience. It's exactly what the journalists have said from day one. It's going to be a process driven thing. Um, three games after a takeover is far too soon to start saying, "Oh, this is wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong." Ben makes a great point. We don't really know what's set in stone. What's there? Um, it, it's just frustrating at the moment that we can't see instant reaction. You know. It's not like a new manager bounce. A takeover bounce is not a thing unless you've got all of the benefits there straight away. You know, first day of the takeover, let's get five players in the door. Away we go. No, we've still got the same rotting club there uh, that we've had. Um, and God's sake, I think it was on the Match Day podcast, uh, Mickey just said, we've been crap for 15 years. Yeah. Why is this such a surprise in three games that nothing's changed? Nothing is going to change. Um, as well, Ben makes a, a good point about the type of manager we're going to get and, and what you say there about an interim manager. They're probably thinking, do we need to get someone like, I don't know, Eddie Howe, who 
has got Premier League experience, is probably more willing to come and work with this group of players, unlike the likes of, well, I know he's ruled himself out, but Conte, he doesn't want to work with Jamal Sells. I mean, like... Jamal Sells doesn't want to work with Jamal doesn't want to work. Jamal doesn't want to work. No, I mean, it's just, it's like, would... We have to be real. We have to be really, really real with this at the minute. We are in a, a tough position, um, but I'm I'm still willing to go with the the patient outlook. Um, and and look, we were playing Tottenham and Chelsea. I know Tottenham aren't great at the moment. I know Chelsea weren't exactly at full capacity yesterday, but they're going to probably be challenging for the title. Yeah, they're going to they're going to beat most teams on the home turf this season. A mid capacity Chelsea is still a a, a good Chelsea, brilliant side, yeah, and so. that, that's it. And they've had a takeover what now eighteen years to to build up to this point and still you know reap the benefits of that. Hopefully that'll be us. Um, I think this season's going to be a, a real scraping of the barrel, but I, I still think that we might stay up. Okay, Just. love that. Okay, that feeds into a question I will ask at the end. Try and guess what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but that's fine. That's good. I think also we've got to consider that um, we wouldn't, that, that the people who bought our football club were not expecting to suddenly be handed the keys. And I think they had, if, if it had happened last season when it was all sort of all started getting thrown about last April, then yeah, maybe Rafa would have come because they have these strong links with him and, and it would have been... Uh, it would have been a totally different story. Um, it, that is not the case. They they can't do that now, and I think that really was kind of their only their only card to play. Um, so we just have to wait and see. It makes it, you wonder what would have happened if it had gone to the arbitration case, because that would have been what January, early January. So mm. we would have been potentially in the midst of a transfer window and then you might have seen something like Man City they got their deal done on what the last day of the transfer window and mm. Rubinho just arrived and I know it didn't exactly <laughs> change Man yeah. City but it's it's like that that is kind of what I think everyone is hoping for with this yeah I, I, I was talking to someone at the match yesterday saying that you know three or four quality signings in January could just do it and he named people who weren't like world beaters I think he said James Ward-Prowse Tarkovsky like these aren't big names that you expect to to walk through the door you know the big money signings but you you think about it and plugging a few of those gaps will bring what he said our okay players up to speed with the rest of it and I think he named about five being Almiron Wilson Sam Maximan um you know even Murphy got thrown in there I think in a a solid unit you're just gonna have to really try and yeah just just, I'm really I really hope it happens (laughs) because it's it's getting tedious now isn't it yeah I mean you look at Willock last season and and that was enough that was enough fresh legs to sort of to drive our season and and finish in a reasonable position so said Lingard as well that was that was a big one that obviously people are really talking about yeah like a big January signing at the moment I just want to focus on a manager signing though like that is our biggest signing that is absolutely integral and a director I think yeah. that's key as well. Director of football is going to be able to call more shots than the coach yeah. that we get. Yeah, for sure. And also a new director of football could already have links with good coaches and good good managers. So uh, let's move on to yesterday a little bit more. Um, atmosphere going in. I helped to edit the match day podcast for our patrons. Uh, sign up if you're not one. Um, and... Mickey did that, and Sai, you were on it as well at the beginning, and the Mickey was just in such good spirits going in, and I know from the preview he was, like, convinced of a win, and I love that for him. Um, and, you know, Sai, you came on, you were in the Hancock with him, and you said, like, the, ta- the town felt different. It felt like everyone was buzzing. It felt like everything was a bit different. Um, 
talk a little bit about that for me and then also tell me after how what was the mood like after yeah so um yeah I, I got into the city about midday and the pubs were all full Newcastle shirts everywhere Newcastle scarves everywhere and there was a buzz that I haven't seen on a match day for I mean a, a pandemic aside for for years you know even during the early Bruce years there wasn't really that kind of buzz that anticipation of a of a home game with a Newcastle side without a win playing top of the league people were still up for it I thought um, before the game and then when I, I met Mickey at the Hancock um, Bolland for, formerly of this podcast not heard from in a while he was there as well and everyone was like talking up that you know what we, something in the air today we, we yeah. could something could happen um, how quickly that changed um, <laughs> yeah so I, I this is also the first time I've sat in the non-corner for, mm. for a long time so I was sat in the uh, the fancy seats in the Melbourne I treated myself the first game without Steve Bruce I wanted to enjoy it in, in comfort um, so I was able to kind of see the um, the corner singing away and then the Chelsea fans who'd fair to play at them there was 3,000 of them making a lot of noise yeah. so mm-hmm. it was about even in terms of uh, noise levels coming from each side What one thing you probably didn't realise obviously when you're in the corner you can't hear the away fans and the away fans probably can't hear the corner mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a weird dynamic to watch both sets of fans singing Gallagher <laughs> versus the without yeah. really hearing each other because they're in, so far away I was yeah. in the um, leases and Chelsea fans were really loud but I think that just comes with where you sat but yeah, yeah. the corner yeah. did sound a little bit quieter but it was still constant singing but you know, by the time the goals went in it was, it was flat but Mickey yeah. even said that the weather was good it was like it was, in such high <laughs> yeah, it was sun's out i could see a bit of blue sky over there i mean that yeah. might be a sign that chelsea are going to win but still you know i firmly believe if, if you're talking about weather updates before the game he's obviously just in such a good mood <laughs> and, uh, i saw him like <laughs> skipping down the street being like Newcastle no chance of a today. hurricane today lads <laughs> Vital fish. it was very yeah. good it was very good positive so yes as the game went on i thought the we talked on the preview pod about how important the, the atmosphere would be and that that might be what gets us the result. I thought, um, and you talked about patience just before, Emil, I think this fan base is bereft of patience. And rightly so, we've had a terrible 14, 15 years, but we've really got to dig deep now and, and, and show some patience here because I thought as bad as it was to watch, the first half was quite solid. I thought we did everything we said we were going to do. There was five at the back. There was a full back five of just solid Lascelles was blocking everything even Clark was blocking everything um, I thought they did really well for most part of it I know that it didn't really scream attractive football but they looked as though and I know Jones had said this and we mentioned it on the preview that he wanted to work on the defence a bit more he was happy with the defence at Palace and you know he he thought that there was improvement so I would say that whatever he said to them I think it was just right lads you know endure Chelsea like take as much as you can and um we did. It was for working. 60 minutes. It was working. And yeah. then a, a cock up with a substitution, I think, did a, a classic Newcastle. I don't know what it is about Newcastle with substitutions, yeah. but recently it's been our like our Achilles heel. It Je- is a bit. Je- Jetro Willems coming on and not knowing where he was going and, and all the other stuff. And then we had a, a substitution that didn't happen. And he's had to yeah, explain this in the, the post match. And it was like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, switched off and, and bloody Reese James, a, a defender, just pegging it down the wing and, and yeah. scoring for fun. Well, it's just annoying. Yeah. We so, will, we'll get to that, unfortunately. Sorry. Unfortunately. So, I think spoilers. <laughs> I, I can totally understand why, but I thought we lost our voice uh, as a crowd by about 30 minutes because it was it yeah. was dreadful to watch. I mean, in, in, if you like watching a defensive solid unit, it was quite quite pleasant to see because we've been so leaky of late, goal-wise. It was actually quite cheers for the tackles like yeah, the yeah. game. I was enjoying that. But then there was like, Darlow's kicking was awful. So every oh, yeah. time he kicked the ball out of play or just kicked it straight to a Chelsea player, there was that groan and that kind of... Straight frustration coming out and it's like we need to we need to try and bury that away for a bit because we we must have known it wasn't going to be 
easy or good. That was the best we could hope for that first half. I don't think we had a shot. Oh, we had a very early chance, but other than that, yeah, the freezer. it was, yeah, it was like literally 44 minutes of just backs to the wall and it was working and we did enough. And if you get to half time against top of the league, Chelsea, nil, nil, that's good. And we should have been quite content with that. And we, I think we were, to be fair, I'm not saying the fans were getting on the back, but there wasn't that kind of energy that I was expecting to really kick us on with Bruce out. I think we need a new manager. We need a bit of someone to come out and speak us up and talk about a kind of a new direction because yeah. it still feels like we're stuck in this kind of limbo. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't dislike Jones, but it, we, we, something has to actually change. When you see Jones set up with the same 11 that he picked at Palace where no one thought we played really well, there's no, there isn't any change in the air. So it's not kind of giving us that thrust of, um, of enthusiasm, of energy. So I think that's atmosphere wise. So obviously by the time what happened, Emil just described the <laughs> substitute mess up, people getting a bit frustrated they scored a goal and then the game was over. The game yeah. was completely done. We need to have a set time in the first half where they just play a big river during the match. You know, <laughs> G everybody up <laughs> a bit again. Seems to be the way. It's that not it exactly goes. like a like a pumping dank, dance song, though, is no. it? Like, no, it's not so EDM like, continues yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I think that's an excellent point about about manager change and, and some change to get behind or even like team sheet change yeah. change to get behind um i hadn't really considered that but i think that's very very well said yeah so yeah. That the energy levels of the players and the crowd just went after about 60 minutes and then i was i mean mickey commentates on the pod on the uh, match day there was a lot of people leaving after the yes. second goal 75 um, minutes i noticed it was just I, it's because i, I kind of understand it like we were never ever ever gonna score two nil the game was completely done and People I just wanted to rescue yeah. whatever little buzz they had pre-match. Yeah, just yeah. go back to the pub. Five minutes is that wave of importance. Like, I'm I'm getting sober here. I can't stand anymore. <laughs> so, so yeah, f- full time. I, I messaged Mickey and said, "What you, what you doing now?" He's like, "I'm already in the Hancock, mate." <laughs> <laughs> he, he obviously he's in the in the strawberry corner. I was in the Millburn, so he must have got there much quicker than I did. But um, yeah, I just went back straight to see him and his face compared to before the game. Yeah, to after Mickey was so sad. <laughs> I like how we're basically the, the entire the day on Mickey's day. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a bad day. I think day. I might have contributed to that because I, so we left the ground, like we, uh, after full time, we pretty much were straight down the steps because yeah. there was nobody there. So we managed to get out quickly. And uh, I, I invited his brother around to my house before I invited him. So that probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's upsetting. Well. That must yeah, have upset I think that's him. what it was. I just had an interesting point that someone made on the fan cams, which you'll see. Um, there was a guy who was actively like annoyed at people for leaving early. And his, his view was that that sends a bad message to the players to say, oh, we, we don't believe in you after this 2-0. I mean, the thing is, well, I, I, it, I agree. I, like, no, I, I, I actually agree with that. I think it's it's really harsh. Especially on the, the in the players. new climate as well. Yeah. He was saying, like, this is a bad look for Newcastle fans to look like mm-hmm. this, like walk out and yeah, we yeah. should be singing, we should be cheering yeah. them on. I think there wasn't even that that little, you know, when sometimes, you know, you go 1-0 down. Um, even at Palace, the, the away fans were like, oh, come on, lads, you know, let, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Chelsea, there was a say, oh, you've scored. And I think it was because it came out of nowhere. There was for the first the first one, there was a bit of a, like, like, yes, a, a reaction. But after that, yeah, like, you're right. Fizzled out. It, it was the, the, the timing around that substitute mess up. And I, again, yeah. I have no idea what happened. No one's explained it. It was because you thought Mig- uh, Miguel yeah. Almiron coming on and, yeah. and seeing, will, will it come on? You're like, oh, right, okay. It was a really positive change. change about to happen. Like, yeah. And there would have been a big lift. Oh. But well, the funny thing was, the fan, like, the corner was singing the Miguel Almiron song. Like, expecting it to come on. And it was the Chelsea players were running on the pitch and everyone's singing Miguel Almiron song. And then the game starts and he's still on the. Like, what's happened here? Yeah. Just, just very confused. We've wasted, we've wasted that. Oh, 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 they've scored. Right. <laughs> so I think we have covered off a couple of a couple of important points there. We're going to be right back after this break to talk about whether or not that was bad as anything. Bruce served up and our ideal starting 11s with our current squad. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back for part two of the True Faith Free Pod um, against Chelsea 3-0. Right, we want to talk now about whether or not that was as bad as anything Bruce saved up. So, you know, Jones's uh, squad choice. I mean, it was it was terrible, um, in my opinion. I'd, I, can't, I can't understand a justification for it. Um, yes, we have talked about how the defensive back five were actually good, at least for the first half. But is it not an argument that our better defenders are sitting on the bench and should be starting? Um I think you can see a, a a plan or some kind of some kind of um we'll stick with it and, and it's gonna get better, but do we have time? I don't think we do. Ben, do you think that was as bad as a Bruce game? It was a game of Bruce Ball? You're shaking your head. I'm gonna stick up for Jones a little bit here. <laughs> um so in terms of the team, I, I completely agree. I mean, when I see Kraft in the on, on the on the team sheet, um there's just a natural kind of I, I don't think he's good enough to play at this level. Um, but they're in training all week. They're obviously seeing, seeing something from him where he's he's shown himself capable somehow to to be starting. And and this isn't the first time that anyone's questioned about. I mean, it used to happen all the time under previous managers as well. So um, it's just one of those things. That I don't I don't I don't quite understand it. And until somebody comes out and says it, um, they probably won't. We're never going to know. But there's obviously something going on in training where that unit of Clark, Lascelles, and and Kraft are showing themselves to to be the best op, op, option at the minute. Um, I don't agree. I mean, Shaw and Kraft. I think uh, sorry, Shaw and uh, Fernandez would would be better. Maybe they're not fit or something. I mean, Shaw hasn't played a huge amount of football. Fernandez um, wasn't on the bench, so you've yeah. got to assume he was injured. But he's, and he hasn't been yeah. uh, for the last couple of weeks. So there's something going on with him because I think he is our best defender, and I think he mm. will come straight back in when when he is available. Um, the Shaw thing. Um, I guess it's probably knowing the type of player Shaw is, and we've said it ourselves, like he will have moments in a game where he'll just do something mental and it'll <laughs> cost you. And it's the type of game where, as I know Kraft isn't a brilliant defender, but he's you kind of know what you're going to get from him. He's mm. going to be consistent and solid. And you can kind of tell him to temper his game in terms of, I just want you to defend all, all game, whereas Shaw will want to naturally play more expansive football. I was going to say, I don't know if you saw, but Rudiger, 
um, yeah. in the in the first half had a few where he just pegged it through and, and yeah. we didn't know what to do yeah. there was moments where the players were like bloody hell centre back running here what, what's going on and then yeah. you know he's having shots as well and I mean it just shows from Chelsea that defenders can run the game if yeah. they want and I know they're much better drilled I know Chelsea play fluid football too because it's got them doing that but yeah Rudiger similar to what you're saying about Shea I, I said to someone I was like yeah, Cher could do that. Yeah, he yeah. can just go on those massive runs, same as Almiron when he gets up the pitch. Um, and that is what we needed to do yesterday. We needed, to, I mean, the referee wasn't exactly on our side, but um, a few set players that we were on about in the preview being our only way in, people like Cher can get up the pitch and maybe, you know, fall over. But I mean, that, that I think what I would say against that though is, is the biggest problem we've got at the minute is we've got Hayden and Longstaff that as a centre midfield in the Premier League do yeah. not want the ball. So I, I completely agree with you in a, in, a, in, high, in a perfect world where if we had midfielders that played like midfielders and were confident they <laughs> received the ball, then yes, you would want somebody bringing it out from the back to then have options. The problem is, is you're going to have Shaw running out with the ball and everybody will be marked. Nobody will want it. And if he loses the ball, then we're completely out of shape. Mm. So I think the, what Jones has tried to do is he's tried to pick a, a set back five to actually work as a unit together for the, the couple of weeks to try and because he'll have known as well obviously since he took over for that Palace game he'll have probably had an eye and especially after what happened last week with Norwich um, Chelsea putting seven past them yeah. like I, as, as hard as it was to watch yesterday like I agree with what you guys just said previously where um, for the first 60 minutes we did actually look quite solid and, and it was the most solid I think defensively we've looked mm-hmm. so in terms of the, the question I think defensively, we did look hard at a breakdown. Chelsea didn't have it all their own way. Mm. It wasn't pretty to watch. Don't get us um, wrong. But I think there was a slight improvement in that, at least defensively. We looked a bit more structured and, and we managed to keep, okay, it wasn't Lukaku and, and we everyone, but it was still a £100 million player and Havertz and, and Hudson-Odoi are all, all far better than what we've got. We, we managed to keep them quiet for, for a considerable amount of period. And I think it was one of those where it was just a the type of game where we were never going to go in and create a lot of chances. Um, we had to keep it tight and stay in the game as long as we could. Mm. We could, and I think just unfortunately, that first goal kind of comes from it, our own error. With the, 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 I mean, the stupid thing is, I'm sure the the, the substitute. So yeah, the subs were happening while Dollar had a goal kick. So it's not even as if it was like a set piece or anything. I, I don't really know what's going on, but for whatever reason, that's yeah. had an impact and Hayden kind knows of undone all the, all the work. Yeah, Hayden knows he's going off, but hasn't gone off and it was all just a bit messy, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah they've just caught us napping, basically. Just to go back to what you were saying about Jones with the selection and things, I, I was not deflated, but I was just like, oh, come on, just throw something in there. You know, put your, put your spin on it. You know, mm. give us something that, that you know, is... Shows that you are trying to make some decisions with this. I We've don't know seen what, his spin. He's I, been here since January. I know, I know. But <laughs> this like, is Jones's spin. I know. I just wish he. I don't know. I just maybe just like, all right, let's let's try someone out. I mean, D- Dwight Gale is just dying for minutes, and I don't know what he's doing. I know that him and Jones are dying. Obviously, <laughs> he's not in great health. Emma. No, I think no. 90, minutes, ninety minutes running on a football isn't going to help him. <laughs> just give him a run out. You know, so, just let him on there. So, so Ben, you said we were harder to break down. That just sounds like Steve Bruce to me. Like, you know, we were harder to well, break down. you know, sure. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that there's something about that. I just, I, th- I think that I keep trying to call him Steve Jones. Graham Jones has to take responsibility for the, the goals yesterday were terrible. And, you know, Alex made the point to me that, like, it, you might make improvements to your old house, but it's, 
it's it's still a shit old house. Like it's yeah. it's a, it, it, making a meal craft a bit better. It's still it's still going to be a bit shit because he's not a good footballer. I just don't know what we're meant to do though. I mean, it's like yeah. it sounds to me where it's like literally, what can we do differently? I mean, John, we knew Jones wasn't going to be the the big change manager. I, I I don't know. Maybe it just sounds a bit impatient. I just think it sounds a bit too impatient to be like, oh, Jones isn't taking responsibility for losing a game. It's like, well, if he comes out and says I take responsibility, we're still not going to get three points. So I I don't know. I just think it. It's, well, it's I think a little bit over the top to start saying, "Oh, get Jones out of there now." It's like I don't know. It's getting harder and harder, though, not to think that this kind of setup is what Jones has been doing all along. Oh, you, yeah. you start to suspect that Bruce was just there as a bit of a token bloke in the dugout. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think he punching. was. He was the yeah. patsy. Yeah, he was the patsy. He was, he was there as a punching bag for the crowd, for the media, and Jones was kind of running, training, picking the team, deciding the tactics, and. It was a bit more focused yesterday, and I, I agree. I thought we were as solid as I've seen us in the last year and a half. But uh, the way it's, it's the not way we a lot though, is it? yeah the way we gave up after they scored was was quite that was quite nice. shocking. Um, yeah, I, what do we need to change the team? The team <laughs> team selection our, needs to change. Our substitute yesterday were um, Willick. Um, on the run, Shelby. That's like fifty-five million pounds worth of subs we've put on the pitch. Why aren't these players starting? Like. This, this we is exactly the need point to get I'm our trying best to make. Absolutely. Dubravka was on the bench yesterday. If he's fit enough to be on the bench, just start him. Just start him. I don't mind Darlow, but Dubravka's <laughs> a much better goalkeeper and he Darlow is. gave the ball away so much from his kicking. There just would have been a difference. Um, I hope so, this yes. game's a catalyst. I, like, you know, we've got Brighton next and then is it Brentford after that? It's, yeah. yeah. They, they, those are going to be... And then Burnley, who picked up three points somehow. Doesn't get easier. It doesn't yeah. get easier, but yeah, I think that realistically, if we're going to target games now, yesterday probably wasn't like, a, okay, first win, it's going to come against Chelsea. No, it's probably not. Again, we said at the point at the, at the start being like, they're probably going to win the league if they keep going the way that they're going. You know, Liverpool dropping points now, you've got Man City dropping points. Chelsea are consistent and they are the European champions. So whilst I know it's easy to start going, ah, but, you know, what have we done? We've still got that point against Palace away. Not bad. And yeah, I just think, Calming down a little bit on this one needs to happen. We are we are ridiculously shit. <laughs> Patience is important, but I think it's also important to scrutinise and to uh, you know l- look at what's going wrong and how and how you would fix it. Ben, quick fire question to you: What is our best starting eleven? And 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 how how why isn't Jones uh, picking it? Yeah, I mean, Kraft wouldn't be in it for me. Um, so I, I agree. I think. Fernandez, ideally, when he's fit, I would I would put him in. I think Lascelles is the one for me that I kind of feel like he's he's struggled, and since he's he's obviously he's been injured, um, he's has had a few games back since, but he doesn't he doesn't quite have the same impact. And maybe it's it. I, I always thought Lascelles' biggest kind of strength was his his leadership qualities and kind of organization and and sort of he's kind of hauled over the rest of the team and maybe he's yeah. lost a little bit of that as well. And I think when you take that away from him, just as a, a an individual player, just looking purely how he does on the pitch, okay, he's, he's quite quick, he's, he's fairly strong, but he's, he's not he's not like a dominant aerial defender. He's not yeah. a brilliant reader of the game. So I think he kind of gets a little bit more exposed. Um, as I say, if Fernandes and Shaw were fit, I would probably bring those back in. Um, left back, I just think, Again, I, I like Richie as a player, and I think again he's one of the few leaders we've got. But he's, he shouldn't really be playing in this in this team. Um, he's not a left back. Um, I, I feel a bit harsh like picking him out because you could see he was trying. I mean, he was the one player that I think we had a goal kick, and he, he kind of, there was a 
period where he, he ran kind of to the left to get the ball off Darlow to save everything that the same thing happening over and over where we're just kicking it along and they were yeah. getting the ball back he tried something different and it didn't come off but I'd respect that he tried something different but it's not his fault that yeah, James has but, had his life basically yeah, but yeah. but he's a 30 odd year old playing out of position yeah. it's, it's, he's not he just is, and 40 isn't good enough so, so have there? I think you've got to try and give Lewis a, a shot yeah. he's got to come in I know he hasn't been great and I know people think like, well, he, he's he not going to get better really without game, game time. But yeah, he's a young player. I think he's he in order to get better, um, and he's got more for future than than Richie's going to have. I think he's just going to make that switch. Um, for me, I would change Almiron and uh, sorry, um, Longstaff and Hayden. Yeah. Um, I've already said as a midfield, they they've they've regressed so much, yeah. and I just think they um, they've. The confidence as well is a big thing, especially for Longstaff. I think he's just completely bereft of confidence. There were times yesterday where Darla would have the ball and you, there was a load of space in midfield and neither Hayden nor Longstaff wanted to run into the space to, to get the ball off him. It was there was an easy pass between the, the Chelsea players. And Longstaff looked terrified. He just yeah. looked terrified of the ball. And, and I, I, I understand they've been struggling. There's pressure and everything, but like you need to get them out of there. Then they, they're not coping with it. So again, I think you've got to put... It, it's a big risk to take them out because they're the kind of the defensive workhorses. Yeah. But but the, if we're going to do anything and have any sort of positive changes, we need to start getting more of the ball in these games, and we just can't do it with those two in there. We need a th- we need a proper three man. I think it's harsh to uh, dig out um, Hayden and Longstaff based on yesterday because they're up against Kante and yeah, Jorginho yeah. and it's not and it's not just yesterday. Adoy, it's they been just, all like, season. They were they looked knackered by the 60th minute. They had no more. I mean, Hayden had to come off. What I wouldn't. I don't want to see ever again is is Ryan Fraser as the third midfielder. That's mm-hmm. just like we need Willock or dare I say it Shelby, someone who can play as a midfielder and put their foot in the ball and do something. Because yeah. you're right, all they can do is break up the play a bit, run around, cover loads of ground, but they're not they're not going to dominate any other midfield in the Premier League. So I know what you're saying, but we, we need at least one of them in the team. I think. No, no, I, I, I well, that I suppose that's the thing as well. Is is realistically you need three man I mean that's the hard thing is, is like that is the, a tough game to kind of mm. pick yeah. because we were always, no matter who was in there we were going to get battered off Chelsea yeah 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 I, I guess I'm thinking more generally who, like who is yeah. our best who is our best starting 11 and, and why aren't they getting picked I yeah. want to talk about our front particularly our ASM um, but we have to pause for another break so we'll be right back with you this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the third and final part of the True Faith podcast. We are just about done analysing a terrible defeat to Chelsea at St. James's Park yesterday. Um, so we shut up shop at the back. We were right. We were very difficult to break down, as we've said, uh, for at least 60 minutes. And then we were broken down. How are we going to win from this, though? We have nothing going forward. And I also really want to talk about... ASM and where he fits into this squad I think he's looked a little bit lost for a good few games now he's certainly not um he gets given he gets the ball he has two or three players on him he's not being played in the right position once again yesterday he was played up front and he didn't get anywhere near the Chelsea box I just think that is baffling as a choice from from the assistant head coach or interim head coach or however we however we are um 
describing Graham Jones at this point, I, I, I think he was in some kind of free role for a little bit. But I mean, wh- why we don't like the best managers don't play good players in free roles. Jurgen Klopp does not play anyone in a free role. I don't think it's working. He wasn't looking good yesterday. Emil, I'll come to you. Is it time to drop him from wow. the starting 11? Well, we, we spoke at length about this on the, the preview. Um, I, I pointed out that he looks knackered. He looks really, really tired. And that's because he's been relied on so much. Um, it's not his fault that he's mint, or at least looks mint on some occasions. Um, I just think it's been a really poor start to the season from him. Um, yeah, he's been the guy who's kind of got a few goals to, you know, save us out of uh, dodgy situations. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's probably just a fear to drop him and think, oh, well, he needs the time or will he see that as like an insult? Um, He was going nowhere yesterday. Every single time he got into any sort of like situation, Chelsea players were just swarming him. And I think most teams have worked that out now. And it's probably because he's just got a bit of free reign on that pitch now to do whatever he likes. Yeah. Magic doesn't happen like that. Um, dropping him, uh, I don't know, possibly, uh, maybe. I, th- I said the other day that it needs to be that we maybe utilise him as an impact player mm-hmm. in those games. Um, again, against Chelsea, it's going to be very difficult to get anything really that's going to be... But it's not just him. against Chelsea, is it? it no, 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 it was against Palace. Palace as well. But what I mean is that, you know, against Palace, maybe start him to give a, a bit more fear to those teams that perhaps aren't as well equipped to deal with him. Chelsea are so organised that they, they, they were dealing with everything. Um, who, does, who, do you, who do you play instead? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it's a really difficult one because... If if Sam Maximan's not there, we were just talking about the the buzz before the game. That's instantly going to send a message to the fans, and fans are going to be like, "Oh, why has he been dropped? What's wrong? You know, what's he done?" Um, but then know. again, bringing him on, bring him on can you know cause a bit more of a, a scene with the fans going right. Okay, nothing's happened. Here comes Alan, um, yeah. and, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that that's what changes it. That's what they say in the stands. Nothing's happened, and here comes Alan. <laughs> Simon, I, I want to be a bit more critical of him, especially on yesterday's performance. I thought he was really frustrating to watch. I mean, he's, he's not a centre forward, so first of all, that we just need to stop doing that. If we're going to drop him, drop him back to his actual position, uh, maybe. <laughs> or, but I, I kind of I can see the argument because he looked really, really unfit. Burnt out, maybe. Maybe it's not that he's in fact, maybe he just, just needs a rest. Um, but there was periods when you just, like, the rest of the team were pressing and he wasn't really doing much. And then on the flip side, he would just randomly go for a press on his own and then no, no one else was. And he was sort of waving his arms around and being a bit of a dick about it and saying, like, well, you haven't been pressing. And suddenly the one time you go on a bit of a closing someone down, you kind of looking around and blaming everyone else. And he was bickering with Wilson quite a yeah. bit. He was bickering with other players. And it's like, you haven't really done much to, to earn that right to have a go at everyone else. And yeah, I, I kind of, you're right, Emil. And I said this on the preview, we are so easy to play against because if you mark him out of the game, that's it. We're, we're not going to create anything. So we need to find a balance again. We need to get Almiron back involved or a way to use Wilson as an actual alternate outlet. They were playing too close together. Um, there was a couple of times Wilson won a header, flicked it on and Maximan's still in our half like because he wants the ball to feet. And it's like, it's, what are they? What was their plan there? Are we trying to find him with feet? I, I don't know. Um, then on the other side of it, he's getting the ball. He's putting his head down. He's running, and Wilson's wanting the ball. You know, it just there was no cohesion at all going forward. And I think you need someone like maybe a Shelby, maybe um, Miggy, or maybe Ryan Fraser as a winger to open up the game in more than one direction, so that yeah. it's not just find Maximan because we're still doing it. We're still just give it Maxi and see if he can run from the edge of our own box. And he did it a couple of times, but. Obviously, he just got crowded out by world-class defenders. That's not his fault, really. But 
yeah, I thought his attitude looks a bit dodgy and he just looks really unfit. So maybe he's burnt out, maybe he needs a rest, but I would be, I would advocate him either being dropped for a game or put on the bench and see if he can come off and, you know, impact a game that way or just, just give him a break and, and just try something else because we're just doing the same thing over and over and it's not changing exactly. anything. I think it's an interesting point you make, Emil, that like, once he got the ball, of course he, he of course he couldn't play against Chelsea's defenders because they were so organised. Well, we should be organised. He's the most disorganised person on yeah. the pitch. Like he, th- th- what? Why is that? Like, oh well, they're so organised. Like what? And we need we need significant more significantly more organisational sort of prowess on that pitch. Not to sort of say to Saint Max go and do your thing like good luck you you're so you're so good and you're so creative on the ball that just like go and go and take it I I wonder how much his head has been you know he's had a lot of praise he's he's loved by the fan base he's good on his social media he's 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 obviously a brilliant player to watch and he's and he's when when he's good and uh, obviously yesterday was not the case and neither was Palace but you know when he's good and when he's you know having fun and nutmegging players and you know it's it's clearly such a great person to watch on the pitch I wonder to what extent that has impacted his play has five days of training just like really wound him up (laughs) he was loving two two days of training a week wasn't he and now he's had to come in every day of the week he's just gutted yeah that that explains the post to to Brucey that's why I missed him (laughs) Um, ben, what do you what do you make of ASM? You were saying you were going to defend him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's it's interesting. A few things. I mean, the things that you said there about the disorder and all that. Like, he, he's a maverick. He's an enigma. Like, he he does not conform uh, <laughs> formations. He's, <laughs> he's he's kind of an idea. Football. Yeah, he's, he's kind of an idea. Um, <laughs> but like meta player. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the, the big problem with him is, and it's I, I hear everything he's saying, but he is literally our attack. Like, yeah. he's the game plan. And he carries a lot of pressure on that in terms of he's. I'll tell you why I look knackered because he's been carrying ten other players for <laughs> yeah. most of the season. It's absolutely shattered. But um, yeah, I think what happens to Avin, and again, there's so many things that need to fix with this team and not enough time. But and obviously Jones has just thought we'll f- try and fix the defense because realistically trying to solve the attack is going to be a lot a lot harder. But we we do. It is so obvious, and and teams have have realised now if you mark Maxman out of the game and, and there was literally times where he would get the ball and there'd be three or four players yeah, yeah. around him. He needs to learn. That's his, he needs to not take on the responsibility. He needs to pass the ball to where the space is because they've, that, that should be a tactic where they've, they've made a, they've made a judgment to say, right, we'll overload um, to mark him out of the game. That's going to create space for the players, whether they're good enough to do anything with it, who knows, but get better players on the pitch who are more comfortable and want the ball, AKA Willock and I Miggy and everyone. That's that's one one possibility. Um, I think the games I would have rested him for were the Chelsea's, the Tottenham games. Like you know, you're going to be under the caution those games. And what you've talked about is you you want some formational kind of structure and and people, somebody to track their bombing on wing backs, which is killed way against Tottenham and <laughs> mm. Chelsea. Maximan wasn't the player for those games, but he played. Um, the games you want him in, and that's why I suppose you look at. Maybe Brighton might be a game that I might consider him because of the way they play. They do have the sort of the wing bombing on. But realistically, these are games that we could potentially get, we need to be targeting to get points from. If you're going to do that, you need your best creative player on the pitch to do that. So I completely understand in terms of from a defensive sort of organisational point, Maximan doesn't get in that front team. But without him in the team, 
who's going to take on the responsibility to create any chances. Um, I think he, he he's it probably is a case of it, and the frustration thing probably is coming from the fact that okay, it was a tough game yesterday. Like Wilson got nothing from Rudiger and Christensen, like nothing. I think, as you say, he wouldn't one header, one flick on. And I don't blame anyone. Nobody read him winning it, so nobody made the run. Yeah. It was just a tough game yesterday. Um, but we need to get that connection. Where he replays, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because as you say, if you want to try and play him out on the right, he doesn't really track back. So it's kind of leaving Mankio out on a, on a limb. Mm. So you're then asking Longstaff or Hayden to cover that part of the pitch. And, and it just it doesn't quite quite work. But... Um, he needs to be on the pitch, and as you say, the kind of the free roll doesn't really work. The, the problem is, is Newcastle are not good enough to to carry a player no. like anyone. And we're, <laughs> we're, we're carrying, we're carrying, and we're carrying probably about two or three players that yeah. kind of just running around doing their own thing, and it's just not working. So, um, for me, I, I think you've got to keep him in for the games coming up because these are the ones where you're going to need him to create 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 that spark. But I, I would I would say against the top sort of eight teams, I probably would consider taking them out because of the way the game's going to go, you're going to have to do a lot of hard work and, and running. That's not his game. Yeah. Emil, did you want to add? I, I just want to say, like, like you, you mentioned about Chelsea's organisation. I, I said it as well. And what you want from Sam Maximan in these games, when it looks like the teams are pretty switched on, you want him to be that disruptor. You want to disrupt that organisation and, and really tear it to bits. Um, teams I like him playing against, and I, I know he likes to play against Burnley, is, is probably going to be a big one. You know, that one coming up, Brentford as well, who appear to have their bubble burst slightly if they're losing 3-0 to Burnley, mm. um, which is music to my ears. Um, you know, sod the underdog. Um, basically, <laughs> just... We're well, the Bur- underdog. Bur- that, yeah, we are the underdog. Bur- so. we're the underdog. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, no, and we will be too, so... I cocky fans who come up and be like, oh, this has been, been waiting 25 million years for this. And it's like, oh, shut up, man. Um... <laughs> Yeah, sorry, just a mild thing about Brentford. Um, is that what they sound like? <laughs> yeah, no, they it's must not. do. What is it, like West London? I don't know what the accent is. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. So basically, yeah, I want to see him in those games. I think next week will be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Bright, I just want to beat Brighton in the Premier League, man. It's hard. To, it's a, it's a it's a really hard question. That all of these questions that we've asked today are really yeah. hard. Um, and I'm going to end it on another, maybe maybe not so hard one. <laughs> I want a yes or a no, and we'll go into this maybe on a Patreon podcast this week. Ben, are we getting relegated this season? At this present time, yes. Yeah. All right, say. So? I'm going to say yes, because the last two times I've said yes, it's turned out that we didn't go down. So, yeah, I mean, it looks worse than it ever has, which is weird because Bruce has gone now, but it's his fault. Okay. Emil? No. No? Okay. I think, so. I, th- I, th- I think that enough will be implemented in order to keep, um, the faith. To keep us going, keep the true faith. Keep get the in. true faith. I'm touching wood here. I'm saying no. I don't think we are going to get relegated. Uh, significant things need to change, but I think we may... We may just uh, hopefully, you know, Brentford and some other some other teams will absolutely drop a bullock. And on that note, <laughs> I will leave it there. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. This has been the True Faith Podcast. Please do check out our Patreon if you like this. Um, there's heaps of other content we do, four or five extra podcasts a week, um, and that's five pounds fifty. And uh, we will be back after Brighton. Load of the boys are going on a party bus down. To, I think they're getting the train, train. But party train, party train down to Brighton. So we'll have lots of content uh, from the American Express Stadium after that. Thank you so much. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.